listening to the Art Problems Podcast, episode 37. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is a podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And on this podcast, I'm going to be discussing how to get residencies, or more specifically, how to determine whether an artist's residency makes sense for you, and then how to reduce the workload of the application process while increasing your success with those applications. Yes, I know this sounds like some dream podcast where the answers to life will be unlocked, but uh, actually the crazy thing about this is that it, it is possible to reduce the workload of these application processes, so that's what we're gonna talk about. Now, I wanted to discuss this for a couple of reasons, but the biggest is that last week, I met with an artist who set her 2024 goal as doing her first residency somewhere. She didn't name where, but followed that articulated goal with a question of whether she needed the residency at all in the first place. So she felt kind of self-conscious that she had no residencies on her CV and felt like doing a residency might help her achieve the goal of securing gallery representation at a second gallery. First of all, let me say that this is not an uncommon anxiety. Many artists I work with worry that they haven't done enough residencies and also worry that this is just one more thing to do on a never-ending list of things to do to build your career. So if this is something that you struggle with, this episode is going to be very helpful to you. It will also be helpful for those who are already applying to residencies and want to know more about them, which I will get to in a minute. Determining whether a residency is something you need to do starts with understanding what it can do for you and your career. And let me tell you, a line on a CV is never a good reason to do it. a residency. No gallerist or juror is going to scan your CV for residencies, see that you've been to a good one, and then conclude that this is the artist that they want to work with. That's not really how it works. As we know, people are looking at your work first. Now, a residency is something that you do because it gives you something that you don't already have. So that could be production facilities. It could be a distraction-free space to make work. It could be a network. If you don't need those things, you don't need a residency. So If you need to do those things, well, it's important to know which residency is a good match for what you need, which brings me to the second reason I'm doing this podcast, which is that inside the network membership for artists, we released a residency guide for artists, which includes a scannable rating, star rating system, categories for type of residency, experience, selectivity, et cetera, so that members can easily determine whether the residency is a good fit for them. So because I just finished editing a massive guide on residencies, I want to talk about them while the information is still fresh. So what I'm going to do here is walk you through the taxonomy that we developed for the artist residency guide that we have so that you can, one, determine whether or not you need the residency, and two, figure out what residency is a good fit for you. So in our guide, 
we divide the residencies into two main categories, selective and fee-based. The first type is selective. These residencies have varying application fees, but almost all recommendations that I would recommend have a lower than 5% acceptance rate. The Gavelson Artist Residency does not have an application fee, for example, but publicly shares that they have a 1.2% acceptance rate for the three spots that they offer annually. So that's really pretty competitive. Now, the other type is fee-based. Now, these residencies may require application stills, but they generally require you to pay for your stay and they can cost hundreds or thousands of dollars based on the duration and requirements. So these residencies tend to be less selective, so you have a better chance of getting in, but they're costly. And even with reduced fees, two weeks at the Vermont Studio Center, just for example, costs $3,000. That's quite a bit. Now, there are also categories to consider. So there's a lot of different types of residencies out there, and they can be broken up into a few. So the first I want to talk about is production-driven. These are residencies with studios, facilities, and resources to help you make work during your stay. So a good example of these might be the Bemis Residency or Anderson Ranch. Another category, we have four main categories here, is social. These are residencies with large groups of artists, interdisciplinary groups of people from different creative fields that can help you make important connections during your stay. So a good example of that might be Skowhegan or the Headlands Residency. The third category is the retreat category. These are smaller residencies with small groups of artists in a more isolating setting, free from distractions. So the Gavelston Artist Residency, McDowell, Yaddo, those are all examples of uh, residencies that are more retreat-like in nature. And finally, we have the educational or skill building. These are residencies that focus on workshops, classes, community programming that can help you develop your practice. So maybe Anderson Ranch and Haystack are good examples. Now, these are the four categories we've laid out. And I want to just say here that a lot of residencies might be hybrids of the two. They could be production-driven and social or production-driven and retreat. Those are sort of the basic categories. And here is the thing about residencies. They are usually expensive to attend, even with a stipend. And so that's why you really want to know if you need a residency. If you're going to be away for a month, you're not doing whatever it is that makes you money, while you're there, unless you're a full-time artist already. So that's a cost. Often you'll have to pay your rent while you're there. So you're in one place, but you're paying your rent somewhere else, unless you figure out a sublet. So you have housing costs. Some residencies don't pay for travel. There's always going to be pay like things uh, that uh, expenses that come up for materials and shipping costs. And if you have a family, 
There's also the issue of childcare. So all of these things, these costs are why I have personally ended up turning down residencies I've been invited to. I can do the work that I need to do from most places and the costs needed to make sense to me at the time, and it never had. So when you're considering whether to apply for or attend a residency, I want you to ask the question, what does this residency offer me that I wouldn't have otherwise? Because it's an expense. So you want to make sure that there's a benefit to how you're spending your time. So a residency will make sense to you if you need specialized facilities, time, and space that you don't have in your current location. It will make sense to you if you need and want connections with different artists. This is particularly good for artists who live outside of city centers and need to increase the ways that they connect with other people. It will make sense to you if you need a place that is free of distractions. If you choose the right residency, right? This is why it's so important to do research. And it will make sense to you if you want to develop skills that you don't already have. Again, if you're at a residency that offers workshops. So if I have gone through the list of these things and you've said to yourself, actually, I don't think I need any of these things. Well, then what we have determined here is that you don't need a residency at this time. A residency doesn't make sense if you don't need any of these things. And nobody scans a CV for residencies and then makes like a mental note of how many you have or haven't done. It just doesn't mean anything. You want to make sure that everything you're doing has a very specific outcome that you intend for your practice. So given the range of residencies out there, it's also important to evaluate what it offers. What I'm going to go over right now is a few of the categories that we use for rating them. So if you're not a member, you won't have access to the guide, but a lot of this information will help you plot this out on your own. One thing I think the first thing you want to think about is the prestige or pedigree of the residency. So the reputation of the residency can be important for your CV or professional experience as an artist. Gauging how well-known a residency is can also help you determine whether or not you will be able to produce a competitive application and whether it's worth the application fee. So the next thing to consider is the cost of attendance. Residencies offer different resources and you have to consider the total cost of attendance, including travel costs, food, lodging, studio access, and facilities. Some residencies offer fully funded experiences covering everything from travel to weekly stipends and local transportation. So those obviously are going to be more competitive too. You also want to consider the cost of the application. There's a wide range of fees that you need to consider when putting together a list of residencies to apply for. The total should be within your personal budget 
for professional development expenses. So don't spend more than you have on the application itself. Another thing to consider is the facilities. Now these can range from minimal communal, like spacious studios with professional production facilities. What do you need to make the work that you wanna make? And then base your decision and your applications on what you need. Another thing that we consider is acceptance rate. Now this information is not readily available uh, in a lot of cases, but we do understand that most well-known selective residencies are below 5%. Another thing to consider is the artist experience. So if you have friends who have attended those residencies, it is important to ask them what their experience was like and you know what were the positives and negatives. Within Netflix, we have an ask channel and also this database to help guide you, but you can also do this on your own by tapping your network. Another thing to consider is whether the residency has an exhibition opportunity. So this can really be a very big boon because some residencies will result in open studios, resident exhibitions, public and community events. And these can be really important considerations for you and whether you apply. And finally, you want to think about flexibility. Is the residency open to families? Are they flexible on stay time overnights? Can you shorten the duration or share with another artist? That's basically the list of things that we encourage our members to consider and what I encourage you to consider if you're not a member. Now, once you know a lot about the residency, the application process is just going to be way, way easier because you'll know why you're applying and you can write that in the application. And then that information, why you're applying, separates your application from others because it won't be generic. Most people, I hate to say it, but most people don't do the work. If you have done the work, if you know why you're applying, your application by definition will be better than most. It will be customized to what you need and what they offer. So not only will the application process be easier, but your acceptance rate is gonna go up too. All right. I hope this helps and I will see you all back here on the podcast next week. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art slash podcast.